Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. He's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a dodecahedron, and I love films. As Albert Hubbard once said, God will not look you over for medals, degrees, or diplomas but for scars, and whether you have seen the original Ring or only the Gore Verbinski American remake. Both are quite good, but you know, are you an original or not? Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you, Albert. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that mean the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil, and even Cled Plambles. But this week, it is the wonderful comedian, Mr. Russell Howard. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes with Russell. We laugh a lot. We talk beginnings and endings. We talk about secrets. The whole episode is uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So it's Russell Howard. You know Russell Howard. He's a legend. He's been a huge stand-up star for years and years. He's currently on Sky Max every week with the Russell Howard Hour. You've seen his work, and if you haven't, you can watch a load of his excellent specials on Netflix. Weirdly, we'd never really crossed paths before recording this, so it was very special to spend some proper time with him. We recorded this very late the other night. He was brilliant, just as you would expect, and I think you're really going to love this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 216 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, a actor, a topicaler, a panel showeller, a mock the weaker, a good newser, a Netflixer, a arena, uh, uh, a <laughs> any size he wants, uh, a legend, a radioer, a movie star, a hero, and a saint. Please welcome to the show. Can't believe he's here. It's the one and only. Here he is. It's Mr. Russell Howard. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. That's such a lovely welcome. <laughs> you forgot dog owner. That was the I only thing you missed. So many. I, f- I, I know. I'm fucking furious. Should we start again? Let's start again. We'll start. Let's do it all again. Yeah, yeah. You, have you ever had that? You know when you do like radio shows and they they kind of really give it that big up and you've just got to kind of sit there and take it. It's so weird being English because you mm. just want to subvert it and just go, I'm a dick. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dick. It's like when you do comedy in the States mm. 
and they're like, so what do you want me to say before you go up? Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> but then if you don't, the crowd think you're shit. So yeah. you have to have that kind of intro. Very odd. It's so weird that, isn't it? And it is genuinely the opposite here. If if you if I gave you that intro and brought you on stage, you'd have a death. You'd have a death. <laughs> They'd be like, who's this camp? Yeah, it's such a funny thing as well, isn't it? That you don't realise how English you are until you travel and how that we've been raised in Mordor. <laughs> because particularly if, particularly if you're famous, people, that like the, the joy they want is for you to really fail. Like if you're doing new material, it's great if it goes well for you but if it goes badly it's such a great story for them do you know what i mean of going yeah we've seen him down top secret he helped me in his own shit yeah he was good like do you know what i mean that's the story we all want in it you want to be there for the breakdown you and i have never properly met i was thinking we've never actually met however we were once maybe i was thinking like 14 years or something like that i was trying to remember what it was there was a gig I think Trevor Locke used to do it. It used to be a regular gig in Angel in like the library bar, maybe Trevor Locke and Chris Mayo. And you yeah. came to do some new material. It was like a new material night. And anyway, I saw you there, but we never we never passed each other. Yeah, I do, do remember, remember that. that. I, I remember yeah. the gig. I don't, but I know we've got um, a mutual friend in Roisin Connerty and she speaks yeah. very highly of you. Well, Raisin's the greatest. You call her Raisin? Why do you call her Raisin? Because of how it's spelled, I guess I just say it, say it as I see it. She's raising. I, my, I call her Roy Sin because yeah. that is how she was. Uh, we were in Montreal, the comedy festival, and this guy went, uh, where's Roy Sin? And because there's so many kind of like alpha comics in Montreal, it sounds like the perfect name for like a hard-hitting American <laughs> comic, doesn't it? Look out, it comes Roy Sin. Hey, I'm Roy Sid. <laughs> What's the deal with fucking women? Am I right? Yeah, he said it. Well, there's a lot of fucking Mexicans. Hey, Roy Sid said it. Like, but you <laughs> smoking just, on stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Smoking, drinking. I don't up. give a fuck. I'm Roy yeah, Sid. Exactly. Yeah, you fucking woke piece of shit. I'm Roy Sid. But yeah, so we, <laughs> we spend the entire week in Montreal just calling them Roy Sid. But yeah, but I, I like Raisin that. as well. Yeah. I got a question for you, which I'm curious about. You are one of the few, although I suppose it's more common than it used to be, you were very successful and you continue to be successful, but you were very successful very young in this game. Certainly, yeah, uh, you you were pretty young and it happened. I mean, I'm sure to you it took a while, but as in comparatively to most comics, you had a pretty meteoric rise. How did you cope with that in the early stages of it? when you were like suddenly famous, you were on TV, you were doing stuff. How was it coping with that? And also how was it with the people you'd come up with? Did it, did it change your dynamics? That's interesting. Yeah. Because presumably you had with this sort of like stratospheric rise from Ted Lasso and Emmy winning and Hollywood and all that, that must've felt like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it did for sure. But, but I also have been around for a long time, so it's not, Well, that's it. it. Well, that's where I felt super lucky. So basically, I started doing stand-up at 18 and then got nominated for the Perrier when I was 26. So it wasn't overnight to me, but I had Mm -hmm. that lovely thing of I'd I'd done well at gigs in Lincoln and I had a little bit of a following in Lincoln. So I kind of knew what it felt like to be famous every time I went there. Like I had this weird... Lincoln. Yeah, I had this sort of university gig that I did from like 22 
to like 26. And it was like, every time I went there, there'd be like 200 people. And it's like, Russell's like, you know what I mean? So I kind yeah. of had these little moments where, you know, I'd done well in gigs. I've done really badly at gigs. I died, you know, but I kind of knew who I was mm. comedically and as a person when it happened. And I often right. think we're so, I often feel really bad for like reality stars because irrespective of fame, we always have this hobby, whether it's comedy or filmmaking or writing, whatever it is, that you can hold on to. So yeah. when you become famous, it makes you realise how much you love your hobby, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and for me, that was it. You sort of lean into that of going, oh, wow, I get to do my my kind of hobby on a, on a bigger scale. And I was, yeah. you know, I've always loved it. And I loved it when I was 18 and up until 26. And then suddenly just being given the steroid of fame or TV or whatever mm. to do kind of bigger gigs. I absolutely loved it. And I never really kind of went into the sort of celeb side of things. I've always, yeah. you know, rather just, just hang out with my missus and my mates from school. So I've always been fairly normal. And the people that I came up with, who my sort of generation, my, my closest friends in stand-up, people like Al Pitcher, who is now oh, yeah. kind of famous, yeah, he's now like a really big comic in Sweden. And yeah, um, I, right. I know it's really cool. And yeah. I went to see him do a special that was recorded for Swedish TV. And it was so great. And who uh, Steve Williams is a good friend of mine. Steve Hall, yeah, like, like Roisin is a good mate. So I've got that. That was my kind of sort of era, like Greg Davies, um, John Richardson, John Robbins. So there was like a bunch of us yeah. that we all kind of came up in, in different different ways you know so i i think we and also i was when i was young i supported john oliver and daniel kitson so i had this kind of perfect schooling in comedic excellence and how to be do you know what i mean so uh, yeah it was i was super lucky really i had lots of kind of mentors yeah and they, they those are all everyone you mentioned there is like really decent people as well you're not yeah. talking about fucking yeah yeah no, i was gonna say there's not that many dicks i don't think it in the circuit there aren't are there i don't think so it's a surprisingly small amount yeah i can name them on one hand <laughs> yeah it's funny <laughs> Which isn't is it surprising yeah yeah i think before i started stand-up i thought i i assumed everyone would be awful i really i thought it'd be like so many dickheads and i it, it's not at all that way there's no. five, there's and, five and, dickheads. It, and it feels like it's getting better and better like i remember doing open yeah. spots and being sort of slightly bullied by sort of older comics but only like mm. one or two and like, Oh, what are you doing with your notes in the corner? And you're like, cause I'm yeah. just fucking scared. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I, I want, I want to be good. <laughs> yeah. But my comeback was always to tell the truth. Oh, oh what, why are you writing your jokes down? Cause I'm not very good. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm petrified. I don't have your natural swagger, you know, and it kind of shut it down straight away, but it, it just doesn't happen. And I, and particularly now I kind of love seeing new comics and I love mm. kind of having a chat and, how was it for you? What was it like that? Because obviously you've been going for a while and then bang, yeah. and presumably everyone's like, oh my God, you're an overnight success. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have that overnight success. I mean, I think I'm very, very, very lucky. I, I As in, I'm very lucky in all of it, but I also go, I, I, I think I'm very grateful that it happened so late because had it happened when I was 20, who the fuck knows, I'd probably be dead. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I often think about someone like Daniel Sloss, who was like famous at like yeah. 18, or like Jack Whitehall, and you're like, how the fuck have you kept it together? Because I, I felt yeah. like being 26 was just 
just right where you're not mad. You know what I mean? But and I think you're right. I think you're right in that. I think we're very lucky to have stand up because that is the thing that keeps keeps me sane and keeps you totally. Yeah, but it's like the perfect mechanism through which to do life. It's kind of anything, whether it's sad or happy or whatever, you can put it through this prism. And we, when we get a laugh, it's basically an audience saying to us, yeah, mate, it's not just you. You're not, it's not just you that's mad. You're not mad. Yes. Like, and, it, and it's sort of like this tangible tick where you go, yes. yeah, fine, fine. I agree with you. I'll give you that. You know, that's entirely what I think a new material nut. A new material nut is me asking an audience repeatedly, am I mad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 it's so that's funny, it. isn't it? But yeah, and there's a tangibility to it. Like that's, yeah. I've only ever written one uh, script. I wrote it with Steve Williams and I've never done anything like that where we had to present the whole thing, you know, and step away from it because everything yeah. has been created in bite-sized chunks that I knew all of it works. Mm. I've done it in little clubs. I've connected it there. It's all fine. You know, but yeah, that yeah. feeling, I don't know how people do that. God, it must be so terrifying to go. There's know. things, there's things I've realized, like, you know, working on Ted Lasso, you've got people like Jason and Brendan and Joe who did well over their 10,000 hours of improv. Right. And so they, they're funny and they also know what's funny and there's no yeah. arguing. Yeah, but it's it's like you've been in the groove uh, and the, the, yeah. the, there's something about the groove of laughter where you just go, oh, trust me. See, that's the thing I think with a script where you go, like if you were to put brackets, Paul's funny face. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. And yet pulling that's a funny happen. face <laughs> is what's going to happen. It's going to be really funny. And and yeah. you could write that to yourself, and it's like tell this joke, pull funny face, like. But if someone's <laughs> if someone's reading it, it's like, yeah. what kind of face? And then you have to show them the face, and they're like, well, that's that not funny. That's just not funny. Like what? Like, and then you having to show someone the face is so funny when you look at it from another lens. And, yeah. And it's that thing that it's so funny when you meet these gatekeepers that have no self-awareness that they can't realize we are in funny now by me yeah. having to show you my face <laughs> that is that is funny but but funny how so i don't know it just is you know what i mean you it's just have to trust me yeah exactly you just have to trust me yeah it's really interesting. what what's happened with the film although that was we we did it it was a thing called um a girt lush christmas and it was a thing for oh you've done it yeah yeah we did it for bbc yeah, yeah. two years ago oh, and um yeah i really i really enjoyed writing it with my friend and i've really enjoyed watching people bring our words to life but i found it really difficult to play a version of me that was kind of a traffic cop you, do you know what i mean because i was quite straight mm. it's a bit like martin from the office it was that kind of right. you know s- small i just haven't got the the uh acting chops but my, my sister was in it and was phenomenal like, and that was kind of weird to be in a, you know, uh, a thing with mm. your sister and she's infinitely more talented than you. You're like, oh, shit, <laughs> this is tough. And she was helping me, just kind of go, don't do that. <laughs> do, <laughs> do this yeah. funny face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, fuck, Russell. I'd like to ask you so many other things, but I've forgotten to tell you something and I've just seen it in my notes. Sorry. Uh, I should have, I probably should have said this earlier. Uh, you've died. You're dead. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Well, how did I, what happened? You tell me, how did you die? Well, I died at a ripe old age. Um, yeah. And oh. I was 
98 and I was in a really warm sea and I just drowned. <laughs> like That's I a ju- nice way to go. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of slowly, slowly drowned. And I was a bit sleepy before I drowned. Did you mean to be in the sea? <laughs> that you were I was, swimming? I was 98 at that point and I was... <laughs> kind of i was on a private private island that and i don't know how i got there but i was um yeah i just had a, a really love lovely kind of like 30 year holiday just hanging out with friends and then just went off for a little swim and died jeez that was Did deep. You say a 30 year <laughs> holiday 30 year yeah yeah uh, okay so 30 on a private island so you've yeah you've got a private island so you've <laughs> gone there at, at 68 yes so 68 <laughs> you've retired that's right like yeah it. mm-hmm and you've gone, how many friends have you taken with you? Oh, <laughs> how many mates have I got? Well, hopefully I'll get more <laughs> friends. But basically I had a, rot- uh, they were on rotation. So I, I, I so they I, weren't there for 30 years. They, no, they still no. had to go back to work and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, okay. probably let's say 200 people would just sort of come and go. And, right. um, you know, occasionally I'd leave the island, you know, for supplies and such. And then, uh, and oh, then right. you back. didn't have people bring you all the people oh, visiting, no. you didn't say, Can you bring some crisps? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it up with like salt and vinegar discos. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think old and warm, warm sea drowning are doomy. It does sound, if I may, like you this was a choice to end your life mm. at this point in the sea. So, you so you've thought, This is it for me. 30 years of holiday is just a bit too much. Yeah, I am. Um, I had a big, a nice bottle of red wine and I uh, right. load of pills, just went for a little swim. Fuck it. And were, were your friends, did you say goodbye or were you just like, I'm Do you know, that's the awkward thing. I didn't. You didn't say. No, no, I should have said, mm. I bloody should have said something, shouldn't you I? You should have said, you, <laughs> yeah. you'll kick yourself in heaven. Um, yep. <laughs> so that's, a, that is a very nice way to go. I mean, some people fear drowning, but it's a nice warm sea. Mm, mm, you yeah, made it exactly. warm. It's warm. I'm drunk. I've got some tablets in me. Yeah. And um, I'm just slowly drifting away. I, I really like it. Do you worry about death? Oh, mate, all the time. Yeah. Tell I'm ter- terrified of it. Particularly during COVID, I've got loads of kind of weird little panic attacks. And I'm a real oh. slave to any kind of uh, knackery to make you um, be a better version of yourself and you know, lots of supplements, lots of, like, my wife is a doctor, so it's this perfect oh. yin-yang relationship <laughs> where she, but she finds my, my nonsense. She, I bought this, <laughs> I bought this, uh, it's like an infrared far light machine that shoots infrared s- stuff at you. Um, oh, yeah. because I, because I saw it on some website, it's maybe very good for inflammation and whatnot. And my wife was like, well, what's that? And I showed her the video of what it did. And she said, it looks like a fucking brass eye video. Um, which is like, it's like the perfect comeback. You know, you look at it, you go, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sort of said, well, I've paid for it now. So that's often the way. But yeah, I kind of, yeah, I'm really scared of it. And I try and do whatever I can to try and keep it at bay. I'm scared of dying young really scared of that and being like having an illness so i try and do anything i can to try and negate that you know were you always this way did you always feel this way yeah i think it's sort of passed down my dad's mum died when she was young so my dad's like super into like fitness and stuff like that so it's just this kind of clearly a weird genetic thing and one of my cousins died 
when I was eight and he was 18. And I just remember that having a massive effect on the family. He's like this incredible, um, mm. and he was the eldest sort of grandchild. So it was just proper sort of sadness. An eight-year-old, I remember seeing my mum cry, my auntie's crying. So like, it's always been this weird right. like thing of like two great young people that I didn't really know dying and maybe maybe that's been in my head who knows yeah what do you think happens when you die oh god i love the idea of heaven who doesn't do you know what i mean of just seeing everyone and being the best version of yourself and it's you know beautiful music and there's canapes and clouds and and but i don't think that's i think it's just utter darkness and we're eaten by worms and it's it's wretched and and appalling Okay. I'm a frust- uh, I'm a frustrated atheist. I think often well, find it, atheists are so like they take such pride in that there is nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'm so frustrated that I believe in science. Um well I got news for you, kiddo. Oh, yes. You're wrong. There's okay. a heaven. All right. And it's great. Nice. It's got all, it's got all your favorite thing in it. What's your favorite thing? Oh, uh, what's my favourite thing? Do you know, I really like watching people from the north of England come out of uh, water flumes. <laughs> like, I don't know if, okay. you, if you've been to Aqualand in Benidorm. <laughs> no, Honestly, but I want to. I don't know what it is, but me and my brother can spend a good hour there. Like, like <laughs> just just get a pint and sit down the bottom. The noises you hear, just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> but I really enjoy that. Like, it, well... It, Makes me very calm. That, that's what heaven is. It's 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 the exits to a shit ton of log flames, <laughs> oh, and nice. you can just sit and watch. And it's purely northern. Only northerners allowed on the <laughs> <log> flames. They <laughs> go in, and you just watch them all day. Everyone's very excited to see you. All the northerners at the end of the log flame, they get out of sailor. They're very excited. Oh, good to see you! And they're you know, all really excited. You know, that, was a, that was a big one. That's a really big one up there. Fuck me! I've got chlorine in me here, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, it's all Very excited to see you. And they want to know about your life, but they okay. want to know about it through film. Okay. And the first thing they ask is, Russell Howard, mm. what's the first film you remember seeing? I know I was told not to say this. I won't you say can that. say it. Okay. The first film I remember watching, uh, I remember watching Return of the Jedi with my nice. dad at the cinema. So it must have been re-released and it was in Weymouth. Yes. And I remember walking home with him and just just being, you and him. Just me and dad. And just being fascinated with the Ewoks mm. playing the stormtroopers' heads like the drums. Just couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, I was like, I just really rem- vividly remember holding his hand, just going, just I mean, it's just unbelievable that. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. But I it was the it was just the, the the disrespect and the audacity of it. I just thought it was like you were disturbed by the. I was by just kind of like, I mean, like not only did they kill him, but they then played, they played musical instruments with their fucking head. I mean, that is, and the Ewoks are like the sweet ones. Yeah, but that, that's some real. No one ever thinks about. I remember, like, even like, so, I'm eight, just going. I mean, as far as like, you know, the, but the phrase "pissing on your grave" that's the next yeah. level, isn't it? So you kill him. Imagine that. Imagine someone kills kills your nan and then just pulls her apart and turns her into a piano. It's just that. It's just absolutely fucking rib cages as xylophone. You're yeah. right. The disrespect. That was it. I just I just found it so 
I just remember finding it so funny and just so wild and just going like, but obviously not because I'm eight, but but thinking, yeah. but not having the language to go, them Ewoks don't give a fuck that. <laughs> but, you know, it's was- listen, I don't I don't want to be serious and dissect everything, <laughs> but that is quite a comedian's point of view to have had at such a young age. It's it's like a really interesting thing to have picked up on as a eight-year-old. Yeah. Like that's I- a real like insight. I really vividly remember it, like genuinely just going, just, I just couldn't get it out of my head. It, it properly, that was the first film I remember seeing. The first film I remember seeing that I wish I hadn't was, and it felt like it probably would have been around that era, maybe it was when I was like nine. I was playing around with um, the VCR, getting the track in right. Do you remember all that? And um, I just put the video in, something that had been recorded the night before, and it was Planet of the Apes. The original Planet oh, yeah, of the Apes. Yeah. I remember seeing the gorillas on on horses, and it just scaring the absolute shit out of me. Like properly, like had to eject it. Just go, whoa! What have I just seen? You know, just wow. petrified. So yeah. Did your dad take you to? Because you got you got one sister, one brother. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Are you the oldest? I am the oldest. Yeah. So your dad took you to cinema and left them behind. Yeah, so so I was eight, they were six, and it was clearly okay. you know a bit of a uh, bit of bonding. And that's um, nice. Yeah, I just I really I just remember it, and yeah, I'm pretty certain that was the first film. Yeah, that's very cool. What is the film other than Planet of the Apes that scared you the most? And do you like being scared, Russell Howard? No, I don't, mate. No, my no. I, I remember watching. We watched. Remember the Ring? Have you ever seen the original version of the yes. Ring? Good yes. God! So I remember watching that around my friend. <laughs> Um, my friend good uh, god yeah but i watched that at uh, daniel kitson's house with um dan and my my uh now wife and we were so scared we had to get um we got cutlery out of his kitchen and we were like holding it and just holding like knives and stuff like that it, it really i'm not into it my wife likes scary films i cannot absolutely they i remember watching uh, the blair witch project with my brother yeah. um we just on a punt we didn't even yeah. know what it was like, for, like opening weekend. Hadn't read oh, wow. anything about it. Watched it. Thought it was a documentary. Thought it was real. Yeah. And ju- I remember that moment where the tent is shaking, and just me and him looking at each other, going, "This is this is not for us, man." But we were, oh, I, we slept <laughs> so together that sweet. night. So we we slept in the same bed. I was fucking petrified. So I was like, I think I was like eighteen. But my God, honestly, I just can't. Anything like that. What do you think it is? Why, why do you think some people love it? Why do you think you, is it to do with your fear of death? Maybe. I think it's just, it's like the one that really gets me is it's horror of the imagination. That's mm-hmm. the worst. It's all the donut, what's below there, the murkiness, the, it's like that scene in the Blair Witch when they're running away and she goes, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? That, that still yeah. gets me because it's you you're you're with her it, it, but it's like something like jeepers creepers when you see the guy in the car you're like oh well, this is ridiculous thing. like do you know what i mean yeah. i'm not, I'm not yeah, really yeah. I, I think it's that like it's it's the imagined i've got quite a full-on imagination and it can really it just needs a little spark and and it works but if i see someone ghoulish or scary that being said, I remember my friend neil when we were he was only 14 he, like basically he had a cartilage operation and he met some girl in hospital and we all kind of went round her house and stayed over it was kind of a bit weird it was like a sleepover there was like a bunch of us and a bunch of our mates 
and we were watching Hellraiser and my mate Neil was getting wanked off and it was one of the worst experiences of my life like that so you're just watching this terrifying thing and you just hear like Neil like <laughs> and you're like this is this is not for me this and and everyone was cool with it everyone was like you know, oh, it's a really great film, this, isn't it? And I'm like, well, no, it's not a great film. This is all. This is like a terrible evening. We could be watching Bottom. Bottom's on. We're not on BBC Two. We'll watch Bottom. I don't want to watch Hellraiser and listen to Neil get beat off. <laughs> what about? Oh yeah, how long did you sleep with your brother after that? I'm saying this because I I get it. I'm not. I genuinely am like. I find it quite touching. You you stayed in the bed with your brother. But was it just one night or was that for the rest of your life? No, no, no. We, we did, weirdly, we sort of went through quite a long period of around that time. When, so I'd have been, how old was I? I was like 19. No, I was, eight, I was 18. He was 16. And yeah, he sort of slept with me on and off in my bed for a while. But he had epilepsy and right. he had a fit once and he woke up um, having fitted and he was kind of all blue. And he, yeah, it was horrific. And then he then started sleeping in my bed because he's like, oh, do you want, should I, I mean, do you want to fucking, like, it's fucking boring, isn't it? Sleeping on your own. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. And like never put two and two together that he was afraid. And it was only recently, I was like, do you remember that when we slept together? He was like, yeah, well, I was afraid because I, I thought I'd wake up dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we did for quite a while because of that. So I was, I was happy to have the company and I think he was he was battling demons, and mm. we would um, yeah. Did he? Did you? Did I'm sorry to ask this, but did he ever have a fit and wake you up? As in when when you were sharing a bed? He used to sleep with his leg on mine, so that if he started shaking, he okay. would um, you know he'd wake up. But that never happened. Yes, we we're, we're revealing quite a lot. But yeah. that's very very sweet. I really like it. I mean, not the epilepsy bit, but yeah. the rest. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Uh, what about crying? What's the film that made you cry the most? Life is Beautiful. I mean, it's an unreal film. It's just, yeah. like, particularly as a comedian, mm. to to write a film and perform a film with that level of depth, humour, nuance, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable, it's a, it's a genuine masterpiece, I think. It's just, yeah. it's so funny. It's so sad. And um, yeah, I remember, um, I don't know when it came out. I kind of feel like it must have come out like 94, maybe. I remember that. Sounds um, and just, yeah, just absolutely did for me. Are you a crier normally? 
Not, no, not really. Oddly, I cry at films on, on planes a lot. I think there's kind of a reason why that happens, isn't it? That the, the atmosphere is a bit funny. Something about that, yeah. Yeah, but not 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 really. That, that was definitely one that got me. But then I cried at um, Benjamin Button as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. It's really um, that really got me. But that was the that's the one. Remember Shine? Do you remember that film Shine with Jeffrey Rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I cried at that. Um, I like that film. Yeah, it's a really it's it's a really great film. There's a lot going on. Senna cried at Senna, but yeah, mm. fair enough. What about what is the film? that you love no one else likes it it's critically not acclaimed but you stand by it till the day you die when you're um, 98 in the sea i really i really like that um the benjamin button film i really enjoyed it i i think I, that's a good answer because that that is not a film go on you tell me it's not a beloved film it's not a beloved film it's not critically acclaimed but i just really enjoyed it i, I just enjoyed the tone of it and the feel of it and the soppiness of it. And yeah, I, and I, I thought they were both great in it. And I just, you know, you watch a film and you go, oh, yeah, it was, it was kind of nice and warm and sweet. And I love that line where he writes back to his daughter, there are no rules to this thing, you know, and, and if you find that you're in the wrong direction, go, you know, something like that. I just thought, yeah, I just really, I enjoyed it. But it's kind of, it's so funny, isn't it? When you, when you talk about film and music, you feel so vulnerable when you admit to to yeah, like something yeah. that's kind of naff. It's sort of that thing where you go, but yeah, I did. I really, I kind of really enjoyed it. There's a story about the making of Benjamin Button that I often think of, which is sweet, is that I can't remember which way around, whether it was David Fincher who said this or Brad Pitt who said this, but one of them, I believe it was David Fincher, wanted to make this film mm -hmm. and he'd sent it to Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt had said no. And then five years later or whatever, he sent it back to him and he said, I still want to make this film, have a read of it. And Brad Pitt read it, cried his eyes out and called him and said, what did you change that I love this rewrite? And he said, it's exactly the same film. He said, but you've had a kid since you last read it and now, mm. and now you get it. And he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Now, I don't know if it's the other way around. Brad Pitt tried to get David Finch to direct it. I can't remember who, who's who in that story, but that is the story. Right. He was like, he read it through the eyes of someone who'd had a baby and was now a wreck. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, God, because I really like Interstellar and I haven't got kids, but my God, yeah. imagine if you had a kid and you, mm. yeah, 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 wowzers. Yeah, you'd be a fucking goner. The only thing with Benjamin Button, I don't want to criticise it. Hey, Because I fine. think it's an entertaining thing. I think that I don't quite fully understand the concept because he's an old man that becomes a baby. Yes. But he's only physically an old man who physically becomes a baby. He isn't born with an old man's Brain. head. Yeah. So really, it's just a normal life, but he looks a bit weird at the beginning and the end of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is that fair? I think that is fair, but that, I think that's the... It's kind of a weird little novella, isn't it? So he, it's like yeah. that, that he wrote and was like, oh, you know, what if, uh, what if you're born, but you're old, and then you die and yeah. you're young? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? So it's kind of like... It's like this weird little, so it's oddly almost like a little Woody Allen hypothetical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has like, like, do you know what I mean? It's quite simple. I think but, it's because babies look like old men and that's, <laughs> I think it must've been that. It must've yeah. been the summer went, went from there. Yeah. What's the film that you used to love, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, I oh, know, thank you. I don't like this anymore. The uh, uh, Teen Wolf. There is, there's, there's a really 
fucking bizarre scene in it when so when he confesses to Styles that he's going through some changes and Styles goes, Whoa, whoa, Scotty, you're not a f are you? And he goes, oh, he goes, goes, No, 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 no. I, I'm a wolf. And Styles goes, Oh, fine, Jesus. Oh, cool. Do you want to dance in my van then? And it's so bizarre that a film in the 80s uh, could be that homophobic. But the very idea that if he yeah. were if he were gay, and there's absolutely no way I can hang out with you, but you're a wolf, I've got no problem with that. I like, uh, you know, I'll sell memorabilia with you, but if you're gay, you're, and it's just one of those yeah. where you go, God, it's 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 you, a little thing like that. You go, bloody hell, you forget how rampant kind of homophobia yeah. was. That's just that's like a kid's film, and it's just got that, yeah, you better not be gay. Oh, I'm not gay, I'm not gay, <laughs> you know. And yet it's like this yeah. beloved kind of um teen movie. God, I wonder if that it must be edited out that bit when it's shown on TV nowadays. I would have thought, I've no idea. I yeah, seen I it. guess so. But it's it's in the That's outrageous. I don't know where. I think I must have seen it on DVD. Like, and I was sort of yeah. trying to think of like a film that I've watched again where you're like, bloody hell, this is uh, that's a bit spicy. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I the probably all eighties comedies you can't, you just can't, just don't watch them. That's yeah. my rule. Just yeah, yeah, clear. Uh, <laughs> What's the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is good, but the experience you had around seeing the film will always make it special to you, Russell well, Howard. Well, the negative one, obviously, is watching a horror film whilst my mate gets beat off. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you sure. know, but, I mean, that's a given. But one of my favourite moments in the cinema, I watched The Nutty Professor in Florida in 1995, I believe. And my dad was working out there. My dad had like this sort of three month contract and we went to watch the night professor and there was a young girl in front of us and I have never seen anybody enjoy anything more. So I was enjoying the film, but, but I was enjoying it through her as well. Like we're talking, this girl must've been about eight. She was getting, she was laughing. She was standing up. She was running down the aisle. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. She was like tapping people. Are you getting this? Oh my God. I like it just ever. It was, it it was so great. It was like this beautiful Uh, running commentary. And I've I've never seen a human being enjoy a film like that. It was, it was sensational. That's fucking great. But it's so lovely. I remember my friend Dan had a great story. He watched uh, the latest Planet of the Apes where um, uh, Caesar, not the Mark Wahlberg ones, but the, the new ones. The good, the good ones. Yeah, the good ones. And he only grabs his hand and goes, no, yeah. like that. Apparently somebody at the back of the room in the cinema went, yes, boss. <laughs> 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 and sort of just cheered along. It's so, I, you know, that's one of my favourite things about cinema. And I've kind of missed it because of COVID. I've, I've been to a few things, but but not a lot. But what I've missed so much is and I don't know if this happens everywhere in the world, but it definitely happens in in the UK when the trailers come out and we get them in the world and they, you know it's a big fat trailer. It's that beat after every trailer where you hear the whole cinema go, "Well, it's fucking shit." Like this, just this tiny. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're like it looks alright. You know, yeah. it's it's so small, but you can hear everyone go, and it's one of my favorite things. You just, I remember going back to the cinema and just forgetting, you go, God, I've missed this. Just this small judgment where it doesn't matter how much millions you've spent on the trailer, it's going to be ruined by a mumbling man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's a really good observation. 
Yeah, fucking shit. But it's that, it's so tiny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Shit. No, I mean, it looks all right. No, no, fuck that room. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's just so small. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Yeah. Uh, what is the film you most relate to? Do you know, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and DiCaprio, DiCaprio's character, just that kind of the, the the need to be liked, that bit when he does, you know, he's 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 muckly acting up and then he does that really great scene and the little girl says, that's the best acting I've ever seen. And he's so delighted. It, I, I, that was what, like, I was watching my friend Steve, who, Steve Williams, brilliant comedian, yeah. and he was like, fucking hell, man, it's you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, shit. Yeah, it was, it was such, like, I really got the, it was so funny how desperate he was to be acclaimed. And that I was like, oh my God, it really got me. Wow. It was really, yeah. Saying this about yourself, do you feel that way now? Is that, has that always been the way? Is that still the way? I just, I, I think, yeah, with, with stand-up, you just, ultimately, it's just like you really love making people laugh and you yeah. really hate, like, I don't like people not liking me. And so if someone writes a really nice review, you're like, thank you, bro. Oh, yeah. And you feel great about it. And if you get a shitty review, it's like, what what have I done? Why do they hate you? You know what I mean? It's this, I yeah. really take things to heart. I've got, I've got better at it, but I still have really quite thin skin really for a comedian in terms of, in, do you know what I mean? When people don't like me, I kind of take it personally. I completely understand. But, um, well, there's always that thing as well as like, cause you would, one could say, well, surely you've toughened up over the years of doing all this stuff and you go like, yeah, but if you make your skin too hard, then you can't do the stuff. Yeah. You can't make the stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting thing, isn't it? Where you're, you get Zen is probably a better way of putting it mm. and you, but you still have that initial. There's there's an amazing scene in the Coldplay documentary where Chris Martin is on stage at the stadium in Paris and he's just led on the floor. They're about to play to 100,000 people in Paris and he's like screaming into the air, why did the Sunday Times hate us? And that is just that thing where you wow. just go, the, the, you, you know, Fucking it hell. doesn't matter where you get. If you have that kind yeah. of... What I tried my hardest. I tried my hardest to make a thing. Yeah. Why, why do they hate it? You know, I think, I, I think that's what propels you. And you know, if there's a better mechanism than fear, there has to be. But I haven't found one that you go mm. right. I've got these gigs coming up. You better work really hard, or it's going to be fucking shit. And I know how to motivate myself, but it means that you need the laughter, or you need the review the or something to yeah you need the validation you know i've never been one of those guys that could go well that was it take it or leave it i'm very much was yeah. that all right was that was it okay yeah fine was it yeah. do you know what i mean i kind of well that's my art i've done it like did yeah. anyone, what do you, you know well i think i do think in stand-up in particular because it is fairly binary in terms of if they're laughing it's going well and if they're not it might not be good i mean there's yeah. you know there is I suppose artier things and you could still have a good gig if it's quiet, but mm. you know, it's better when they're laughing. Mm. And I think any, I won't name them, but I, I remember talking to a comedian early on and he was like, I don't fucking care if the audience like me. I want them not to like me yeah. and, and be unable to not laugh. And I thought, I don't think there's a comedian that's ever done that because even hardcore comedian, you know, even edgy, edgy, edgy comedians, you like them. Yes. I think you like that. You know, Frankie Boyle says really hard shit, but you like Frankie Boyle yeah, of as an audience. Yeah, you yeah. love him. 
Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think a comedian exists that you watch and think, God, they're so funny, and I fucking hate them. And yeah, I, you know what I mean. Like, I don't think it exists. I think it's a myth. Completely, you're completely right. Yeah, and it, but right. it's, but and I, it'd be so interesting to know what they feel like as well, because the great, mm. the great, like edgy comics, I bet you they're just as kind of paranoid in fact i know they are because it's just like you know they get worried about people not getting it you know yeah what's the sexiest film you've ever seen russell splash great great just i just remember you know again i don't know when i'd be about seven eight and just going what the fuck what kind of world are we living in this is fancy balls this is absolute chaos that 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 (laughs) You, if you if you hang a around, fucking mermaid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Daryl Hannah j- just can you can suddenly be in your house and you just keep her in the bath. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> just and and then you sort of see you see her ass and you see a little mm-hmm. bit of her boobs, just mm-hmm. enough to to get your seven year old mind going. Well, when the time comes, I'll have some of that. It just felt like do you know what I mean. It was like this weird. <laughs> Sort of definitely like I think that was the just that that it really it really got something going in me. I was like, yeah, he's all right. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was that's a bit of me that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is, oh, Dad, Dad. Um, but yeah, I just I think I'm into mermaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I bet you, I bet you, there's a lot of hmm. kids my age that that definitely had that weird thing where they were into mermaids first and foremost, yeah. and then gradually had to get round to humans. I had to get around to the legs because, and also, don't you? Well, we were worried. The problem we had is that we had, you know, mermaids, and then we then we had Cheetara, so we had that going on. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, wasn't until we Natalie rarely Brunier had, came along. Yeah, we, we rarely had <laughs> vaginas. When you think about it, it was always tail or a, it was always something in the way of it. Yeah, and it was always kept quite, you know, mm. probably the same for for women when they saw Mister Tumnus. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's there's something kind of. <laughs> Although a lot of women fancy Simba, don't they? You know, but he's got a that, dick. That had a bit. You know, Simba's got. He a dick. does have. He does have a dick. Yeah, sure. But but he's. And um, to be fair, now I'm thinking about it. I'm sure mermaids have vaginas. I just don't know where. I guess that feels like it's a Netflix documentary. Being, <laughs> do you know? In fact, I'm. I met some. Um, I met some mermaids in in Australia. Yeah, I was doing a a doc, and um, they were telling me that there's there's a lot of kind of creepy men who watch them perform at carnivals around Australia. Mm. And these men are called merverts, <laughs> which I really liked. Really it's like good. everything's got like <laughs> the internet. Like there isn't one sexual peccadillo you can't have without someone giving it a name. And it turns out. At a very merverts young, is fucking great. I was a mervert. Uh, there's a subcategory, troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. A film you found arousing, you may thought I shouldn't. I, I, I don't really know if I'm honest. That was that was the only one I kind of blanked on. Well, if you think you're a mervert, we can we can yeah. stick with that. Yeah. What is objectively the greatest film you've ever seen? So I love Life Is Beautiful. Uh, that is up there. I would also say uh, The Royal Tenenbaums Lovely. is is definitely Lovely. oh, it's an absolute perler. I really love the Grand Budapest Hotel as well. I'd really like yeah. Midnight, Midnight in Paris. But if I were to go for one, I would say my favourite film is Life is Beautiful. I just think it's... For That's the, your favourite and the greatest? For me, it is, yeah. I just think it's... The creative scale is is insane. Mm. 
just like to make a comedy about the Holocaust and make it unbelievably sweet and touching and profound is just, you know, incredible. Absolutely incredible. You can have it. I love it. You can have that. What's the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? Um, I would say the Grand Budapest Hotel is the, really, the yeah. That's the film you've watched. The, really, mm. you've watched the Grand Budapest Hotel the most. Yeah, yeah. Are you not a fan? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I, it, I wouldn't have immediately thought. Oh, that's a film you can watch oh. on repeat all day, every day. Forgive me, Zero. I've been a dear, dear fool. Yeah, I love him. I just <laughs> think. I think he's. Oh, it's such a great film. Yeah. Other, what. But, What's what is it like comforting to you as well? Is it like yeah, like just sort of hanging out in it? I like hanging out in it. I just think he's so funny. I I like yeah. the he's brilliant. It, it just pootles along, and I've watched it so many times now that I'm. I've got a few like that where I can watch. What have I watched a lot as well from my younger years? I watched The River Runs Through It a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know why. I just really enjoyed it. Uh, the Big Lebowski. I've watched a lot, but just. I've watched Interstellar quite a bit as well, but I'm I'm sort of weird with that, like because what, like me and my wife watch Mad Men pretty much every night to go to bed. And we have done for Fantastic. ten years, uh, and it's just we know every word in it now. But it's kind of what we have to have on TV when we go to bed. And we so we have to have really? this. Yeah, it's weird. So we like literally. What, so whenever you get to the end of season eight or whatever, you start again. Go again. Yeah, it's you know so. It, yeah, there's only one episode we won't watch, and that's when uh, uh, Chauncey the dog gets thrown away in the street. That's the only one because we got a little dog and it kills us. But um, right. apart from that, yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How about you? What's the film you've watched the most? I mean, probably it's technically Muppet Christmas Carol. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Well, a I watch it a lot around Christmas, and B is the greatest film ever made. You know, oh, right. sort of technically, so probably that. Okay. Okay. Why is it? So, are you, are you into musicals? I like a musical. Yeah, yeah. All because right. what? I like what a musical. There's nothing wrong with that. But what? See, what I find fascinating is yeah. I always find it frustrating when they start singing. You, you as an audience, have to go all in. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So yeah. it is. It actually requires some investment on your part to sort of buy into. You have to go quite a big hurdle, which is in this world, people suddenly sing, and you're like, that's fucking mad. <laughs> yeah. You sort of have to go all right, if I'm coming in, and then if you go in, it's everything's heightened, it's very emotional, it's very funny, sweet, whatever, but it's uh, joy is what it usually is for the music. That's interesting. But see, see that that's one of my main things. Like, I really like being convinced of something by somebody. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember I, ne- I, I, I didn't really drink until I was 26 and living with John Richardson, and he really... Drank you to it. No, but he kind of showed me. He was like, now, yeah. what, what are you doing? You're having a bit of steak. What do you want? It's a nice bit of red wine. But he, he was a real, I love a, I, I love a connoisseur. I love somebody explaining why they love a thing and, and right. sharing their, I don't know if you've ever met um, Danny Baker, but that no. Danny Baker is such a, and Roisin is as well, so clever, like so, so mm. clever and so kind with uh, dispensing their information. And I kind of love like that, you know what I mean? So rather than go, would you like musicals? Yeah. So you go, why do you yeah, like yeah. musicals? And explain it. You go, okay, that's interesting. I, I just think that's such a, yeah. it's, it's so much, because I've never got to that thing. 
I remember watching the first five minutes of La La Land and I, I wanted to join ISIS. Yeah. It was just like, it's <laughs> just brutal. But then, yeah. but once you get over it, um, yeah. I loved it. I loved Moulin Rouge. I absolutely loved yeah, that. That's but great. when I when I'm live, something about it, I can see the, I remember watching Cats and I've never felt so sorry for human beings in my life. Like genuinely, I was going, these poor We're all in agreement on that. Yeah, but not not the not the the film. The, yeah, the, we're yeah. still all in agreement yeah. on that. But everyone's like, oh my god, it's the poetry of T. Elliot. And you're like, he's a he's a dad. That's not right. <laughs> he should he, they should be making him dress up as a cat and do that thing with his whiskers. That's not. And I was w- with a friend of mine and he was really upset. He was like, why can you not see it? But yeah. I love being convinced of something. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like dancing. Like I, I, I take fucking ages to, to. Like I'm very sort of shy and feel embarrassed and like don't want to dance. But then at some point, sometimes in an evening, I will finally like cross over. Do you know what I mean? Like you sort of let down the barrier, whatever the fuck it is, or just like oh, I don't care anymore. And then once you actually do dance, like oh, this is fun and you're free. And I think it's similar to that. Never it's dance. The sort of thing of like everything's so embarrassing. It's also fucking embarrassing. Musicals are embarrassing. But then if you just go, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Then it's like, it's much, it's sort of pure. Music is pure. It hits you in a way that most totally. don't. Well, it's liquid emotion, isn't it? And But I've yeah. never, I've never danced ever. Yeah. I and, get it, man. It's and embarrassing. I've, but I'm, again, deeply envious of people that do. Like my, oh, yeah. my cousin's husband, Robin, he's the only man out of all of us that dances at like family parties and that. And and he's having the time of his life. We're the ones yeah. that are kind yeah. of on the edge. So scared. I've never, it always blows people's mind. They're like, why don't you dance? Why don't you dance? Go, I just get, I'm just too embarrassed. I can't. What? Yeah. You're a comedian. Just fucking do it. And you're like, I honestly, I, I, I've never got to that level of comfort where I could fully let myself go. And just, I remember when I got married, I was, petrified about yeah. the first what did you time. do like, what did you just, do for the first time i had sort of held on to her like have you ever seen like uh, a woman dance like a drunk woman dance with a dog it was that kind of <laughs> you know i sort of just held on to her and like sang the music and like because it was the uh that we this is for lovers running away it was so it was that song so i was kind of like holding on to her and it was it was fucking brutal and then whenever I see people do a choreographed dance, mm. I just feel like this sort of cringe. But yeah. why? Because they're doing a lovely thing. They've made it beautiful. They've created this yeah. moment together. But I've got this horrible, yeah, no. Yeah. I hate it. I get it, man. I really, really, really get it. And it's something we've got to fight. Yeah, it's true. Because you're, you're uh, look, I always think about this when I was like a teenager. I used to be in, in clubs with my best friend, Paul, and I would like stand in the corner looking mean and moody, thinking that would be, that's the way to a girl's heart, looking yeah. like a psychopath in the scary, <laughs> looking like a scary psychopath in the corner. Yeah. And my friend Paul would be jumping around, dancing like a fucking clown. And I'd look at him and i think, you fucking idiot. Girls loved him. Yeah. And of course they loved him because he looks fun. You're going, oh, there's a man who's enjoying his life rather than this fucking psycho in the corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, going to yeah, kill yeah. me. Yeah, but you're just desperate to. Also, there, there's um. Oh God, what's his name? You know the the fifth Beatle, uh, Billy Preston. Have you ever seen him dance? No. 
there is a performance he does with Ray Charles uh, where he's singing a song called Double O Soul. It is the, the most complete entertainment I've ever seen in my life. He sings like a song where he goes, they call me Double O Soul. And he dances like a lava lamp. It is, it's like he's possessed. It's phenomenal. So if anyone listening, honestly, Billy Preston, Double O Soul. Okay. And I would, that's the thing. If I could dance like that, oh, I'd be a happy man. What we don't like being negative. What's the worst film you've ever seen? What's the worst film I've ever seen? Uh, mm. Good luck, Chuck. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch that. Mm. Uh, we we walked out of that. I've walked out of a few. Uh, Jurassic World, that first one. Good God, I was in there for about thirty minutes and bounced. Um, <laughs> Mamma Mia. Oh, hey, um, hey, I'm, hey, hey. You must I, be a Mamma well, Mia. Well, I remember watching Mamma Mia and the only thing that kind of got me through it was my nan was really enjoying it. It's like, so she was like tapping along. I should have said earlier, actually, one of my, one of my favorite films actually uh, is Jumanji because my, my nan watched it with us at the cinema. My nan had this incredible, like proper, like, like just gone, just gone. (laughs) And she, that film blew her mind but, and she and she was she's got that lovely laugh where she would laugh and then tell you why she was laughing so she was like oh there are these monkeys these monkeys are everywhere like so there was something about having and then uh this sort of started this weird where every christmas i, I would give my nan like a stuffed toy monkey that was just that sort of and it started from like 96 until she passed away so I'd always get a little monkey, big monkey, whatever. And I'd sort of forgotten about them. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I remember being around Nan and Grandad's house one day and just seeing my Nan put all the monkeys on the bed because all the monkeys were on the bed. And then um, and then they take the monkeys off the bed before they went to bed every day. Mm-hmm. And I realised that I it's lovely, but I get, yeah. I burdened my granddad with this awful job. Where every night he was like, I'll get these bloody apes off my stinking fucking bed. I love him. It's a nice gesture, but fuck me. Could he not just buy you a chain or something? It was so, yeah, it was weird. Jumanji was years ago. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're a comedian. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Have you ever seen The Martian with Matt Damon? Yeah, I've seen that. So I remember seeing it on a flight to I think Dubai and you weren't allowed swearing in the films so that bit when he (laughs) pulls the spike out of his stomach and then looks up to the skies and goes fudge and it was something about him I wasn't expecting it and I didn't know there wasn't swearing that I don't think I've ever laughed more than that just seeing him scream fudge it just I wasn't expecting it, but it's just, it was the big build-up. And then him suddenly going, fudge, and me going, well, that, that has to be, that has that to has be something. To it, yeah, 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 something's happened. Um, soccer dog That's move, good. soccer dog, uh, have you ever seen those? The no, soccer no. dog movies, there's a uh, a Labrador does an overhead kick in it, it's just like, <laughs> same. There is a bit of slapstick in the film Inherent Vice, I don't know if you've ever yes. seen that. Yes. Really it's good the, bit of slapstick. It's the funniest. There are two scenes in that that are the funniest scenes in any film ever when she's describing breastfeeding her daughter who was on heroin. 
And she says, we've got the photo of her. If you can stomach it, stomach it. And it's just, she shows the photo and he just goes, just screams. And then goes, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And the other bit, when he gets hit and he goes to punch him when he's gone away, just re- red hot slapstick. I like that film a lot. Yes, it's great. It's a great film. And the we're talking of slapstick, the uh, nice guys with um, mm-hmm. that, but Russell Crowe and um, uh, Ryan Gosling. But that bit with the um, the gun in the to- in the toilet when he's trying to keep the toilet yeah. open, just there's so many beautiful bits. But the bit when his character goes into the bar and somebody says it's a free bar, and the look he gives, it's just somewhere between a double take. But it's not like like me. It's sort of that I, I've got a good gurn on me, but it's like that's when that's what I mean by a really great actor where you go, God, it's so deft. Like the, the look he gives yeah. is so small and yet you know it. And um yeah, I kind of yeah, I would say that's that. Those are my uh, the, the real slapstick moments. So here's the thing. You've been a wonderful guest, and I'm very grateful to you. However, you retired at 68. Comedy world mourned for 30 years. Mm. You did nothing for for 30 years, 68. You made no stand up, nothing. No. You moved to a no. private island. Yes. And you were happy. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't miss it. You've done so, enough. Uh, yep. I had, my, yep. My friends were there, had lots of barbecues. Yep. You had 200 people mixed in and out, flying in and out. They had their life. They'd bring discos, et cetera. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, occasionally, you'd leave the island for supplies. You'd That's right. Cost cutter and you'd come back. <laughs> Yes, yes. And then at 98, your friends who kept coming back, you were, <laughs> you, you, were, you were sat around at lunch with them and you thought, I am sick of these <laughs> fucking people. I am sick, sick to death of these people. It wasn't, it wasn't you, even that. No, I just went, it was like, I was having lunch. I went, oh, I'm going to kill myself. It was so... <laughs> but you forgot to tell them. So you, put, you took a load of pills, you finished your bottle of wine and you walked into the lovely warm sea you went for a little swim out in the sea and then you slowly sank into the sea until your lungs filled with sea, warm seawater and then your lungs burst and exploded. Mm-hmm. I was knocking about on a private island. Thank you for the invite. It was, I've had a lovely yeah. year. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm walking around with a coffin. You know what I'm like. And uh, and I say to your mates, that the, I, get, I get to lunch. I'm like, where's, where's Russell? And they go, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was with you. And I go, no, no, I was having a nap. And they go, oh, he, I think he went for a swim. Oh, just a swim, was it? Yeah, I think he just went. You know what, he's, he likes to swim. He didn't say anything, did he? No, he said nothing. And then we see empty bottle of pills. We go, how many pills is he supposed to take? And then we look in to see, can't see you anywhere. I whack on a mask and snorkel. I swim out. I find you bloated, a carcass at the bottom of the sea. You've been nibbled at by mermaids. Ooh. They've taken chunks out of you. You've got a grin on your face. You went happy. Yeah. Drag you to the to the to the beach. You you fucked. You bloated <laughs> to get knives, chop you up, put you in, get all the bits of you, put you in the coffin. But there's more of you than I was expecting. What with all the bloat and algae you've eaten and seaweed. Anyway, you're in the coffin. There's it's rammed in there. There's only enough room that I could slide one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show the northerners as they come out of a log flume in heaven when it is your movie night? 
Russell Howard. It is, life is beautiful. Is, Take is, life is beautiful. He's going to make everyone cry. I am going to make everyone cry because what's going to happen? They'll come out chlorine all over their bodies. Like, bloody hell, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he's got me up, down, up, down, down them flumes. I'm absolutely sodden. Uh, I, I need I need a film. I need a film that's going to... Like, um, Something I know easy. Not going to be me. Oh, oh, funny film about the Holocaust. There's absolutely no five minutes in. I take it all back. I take it all fucking back. Fucking hell, you see that? Imagine that. Oh, God. That is, my God. Can you imagine watching, like, something like Amelie? It's your heaven. Or kind of like an artsy film like that? Like, fucking hell, she's a puddle. She's turned into a fucking puddle. <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't know what it is. It's, yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed that, mate. That was fucking great. Thank, Thank you so very, very much. much. I've had a lovely time. Is there anything you would like to tell people to watch, look out for, listen to in the coming weeks or months when this comes out? All oh, right, yeah. Um, I've got a tour that is going on sale, um, and you can find tickets at russellhoward.co.uk. And the TV show is on Skymax every Thursday at 10.30. Brilliant. Yeah. Russell? You're a joy. Yeah, it was really I good fun. I look forward to seeing you on the dance floor <laughs> and hearing all about the musicals you've seen. Uh, I will stop the recording. Have a lovely death. Thank you very much. Good day. So that was episode 216. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Russell. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read, it helps numbers and it is really appreciated. So listen up, I hope you all understand, but I need to take another short break because I've got to concentrate on filming. So for the next few weeks, I'm going to re-release some all-time classic episodes. I'll do a little intro for them. I don't really have time to record brand new ones for a few weeks. So give me a break. I hope that's all right. I hope you enjoy the old classics. I'll put out ones you haven't heard in ages. Some you might have missed. The ones that I think are very, very special. I mean, they're all special, but the most special ones. You know what I mean? Not that you have favourites, but I've got favourites. But you shouldn't have favourites. They're all my favourites. They're all my babies. I do hope you understand and you can manage without brand new ones for a few weeks. Thank you so much to Russell for giving me his time. Go see his shows on Netflix and watch the Russell Howard Hour on Sky Max. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week where I will be doing a classic Rewind ep, an all-time classic, going way back in the day. You're going to love it. I hope you're all well. Thank you all for listening. And that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, B2 
BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.